to stay quiet for me. Greatly appreciate that. Sorry, I'm going to take my sweaty safari hat off. All right. So tonight we're talking about Run Wild because we're made to. So hoping somebody do that. All right, cool. All right. We're going to talk about running wild. So let me ask you this. I'm sure you know this, but uh, let's go ahead and throw this up here. It's a question for you. Is uh, question is this. Which, what is the fastest land animal? Cheetah. You sure? All right. For the ones that say ostrich, I actually looked this up today. Ostrich is actually the 10th fastest land animal. Now, now here's the deal. An ostrich runs 44 miles an hour. That's pretty fast. It's also the largest bird. Uh, land, it's lar uh, ostrich is also the largest bird. So the largest bird runs 44 miles an hour. That's pretty dang fast, right? All right, so anybody else? Yes, it is the cheetah. Um, the cheetah is the fastest animal, and it runs, check that top speed, six, seven. It, they said the average runs between 60 and 75. But literally, imagine, literally, it'll chase you on the highway. It could literally keep up with you on the interstate. I personally don't speed. It's not something I do. So this the cheetah could literally pass my vehicle on the highway. Right. Now, now they, they wouldn't be able to run that that long. They're more like a burst speed. But... But think about that, an animal that can run that fast. Now, you know what the average speed an average human can run? Shh. If you got an answer, raise your hand. 12 miles an hour, okay. 15? 20? How much can a real human run? <laughs> Not statistics. Four? Uh, all right. Shh. They say that the average normal-shaped human uh, that didn't just you know, eat a, a container of pre-workout stuff, the average normal-shaped human can actually lovingly jog slash walk about four miles in an hour if you just have no idea what you're doing as far as fitness. Now, if you're like a, a runner, they say, you know, 12 miles, something like that, you know. Twenty-four, twenty-five. okay. That's good. I'm glad you know it. So, so let me ask you this. What do you think it would feel like to run that fast, 75 miles an hour? <laughs> yeah, you'd be like Flash. What's up, dude? Um, personally, anytime I'm going that fit fast, my automatic thought was I'm going to die. Um, if I'm like riding a bicycle down a hill or something, or going somewhere fast, uh, I remember I have a, a college student that 
interns with me in our church, and she was going. She just left about two weeks ago to uh, work in downtown Manhattan for the summer. She's uh, working with a church plant in downtown Manhattan. She's never been outside of country, country, not like continent, but like country. Um, she's never been out of the country aspect of the anywhere. So she's never been to a big city. She's never been to a city like literally bigger than anything just off the side of the interstate. She just had no experience to that. And when she realized that she wasn't going to be around trees or open space or whatever, I took her uh, I took her to a state park that had a 10-mile bicycle trail. And according to the bicycle trail, it had uh, moderate hills. Moderate. And um, I'm on this mountain bike, and um, we come across a moderate hill. And I go, like, down this hill, and there's, like, little warning flags of, like, hey, use your brakes. And um, I'm, like, didn't really pay attention to them. It can't be that bad. Then you're going to flip. But then that's what happened. I got going so fast that I literally thought I was going to wreck or this bike was not going to be stable or something was going to happen. So I'm going at this speed like this is insanity, and I'm scared to push my brakes because it's going to hit something. And I'm just going at that speed. I'm like, this is too fast. Now, I lost her. I lost her like two, three miles into it because she literally didn't use her brakes ever. And she just kept going down these hills. And, you know, she had a great time with it. But there was a point where I was just like, you know what? I'm old. I'm super cool being far behind and alive. Um, but there comes a point where we have to stop being afraid to move at the speed and move at the pace that God calls us to in the, our faith. Well, there has to be a point where we're free to actually run wild, where we're free to actually run in the freedom, to run in the liberty of Jesus, and actually go the pace and the direction he calls us to. Because a lot of us are like me. You're wanting to hold your brakes and, like, slowly go somewhere, and maybe you'll go where God wants you to if it doesn't look scary or dangerous. And then you've got my friend who literally was like, Wee! down the hill the whole time. Like, she's literally throwing her hands up, riding down a hill, going probably 25 miles an hour on this thing, and swerving. But we have to come to a point where we're willing to stop holding on and stop being cautious and actually just run. Um, Alex here, uh, we, we went hiking together, and um, there's this hiking place. It's a beautiful, it's one of my most favorite spots in the world. It's a place called Hanging Rock State Park. It's uh, right up on the North Carolina-Virginia border. And um, there's just gorgeous, gorgeous hiking stuff. But there's moderate hills <laughs> at Hanging Rock State Park. And one of the favorite things to do, is I would take my youth group to the top of the hill. And it's one of these things that you're, it's such a steep angle that you have to walk like this so you don't fall forward. So I would just let everybody run. And they just thought we were crazy. And it was just like, that's just like run. And so we literally, instead of like slowly walking down the hill, there's like 20 of us just took off running straight down the hill. And it was literally, you couldn't stop. How did that turn out for you? 
You don't remember it? Shame on you. He hit a rock. That's what happened. It's gone now. You were still with me? You did it. You did it. It's there. But we have to be willing to let go of trying to do things at our own pace, and we have to start moving at the pace that God calls us to. If you would, let's go up to 1 Corinthians 9. It says, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. So let me ask you this. If the prize that we're talking about in this instance is like the goal of your faith, of what you want your faith to actually do, the direction you want your life to actually go in, do you think that you're moving at the pace to actually get the prize that you want for your life? Now, granted, you're all in school. You're all in high school. You've literally barely started your life. And I'm going to tell you this, and you're going to laugh and be like, oh, not really. But no, really, you're in some of the best time of your life. Because I promise you, high school students, counselors, please understand me. You will look back at this time in a decade or 20 years and think, man, that was really, really good. Why didn't I appreciate it? Is that yes. Um, and I teach college students, and every time a college student graduates or gets married or has a kid, they'll say, you were right. <laughs> and they'll look back at it and they'll say, that really was a good period. So let me tell you, you are at the place. You are at the place in your walk with God. You are at the place in your life where you can either slowly hang on and miss out on some things, or you can just actually take off. So if you know God is leading you, if you know that you are in a place where God is leading you or guiding you, or maybe it's not even in a direction, maybe it's time for you to actually just take off in your walk with God and stop being on the kiddie course, stop being where you're just kind of like slowly jogging. Maybe you actually need to get into a sprint with this. But it says, run in such a way as to get the prize. Are you actually living your life? Are you moving at a pace where there's a goal ahead of you in your walk with God, in your life, and that you're actually on pace to get there? Are you actually running in that way? It says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. You are living your life as a race. Your life is a race before God, and you will get a reward in God for it. Are you running in such a way that you're actually going to get, an, get the goal, the achievement of it? I've done some 5Ks and stuff where everybody gets a medal. doesn't matter if it takes you nine years to cross the line or anything like that. Everybody gets a medal. Listen, you don't need to run like you want the consolation medal. You need to run like you actually want to win. Um, I'm going to talk about a race that I did in a little bit, but there was a guy I was in this race with, and everybody got a medal if you finish this. Just be clear. So I'm cool with that. Everybody gets a medal medal. I'm not trying to hurt anybody or go super fast. There was a guy with me named Pepper, and his name was Pepper. Um, and Pepper, <laughs> he wasn't salty. Um, Pepper started the race with the attitude he wanted to win. Now, this race had over 3,000 competitors. 
He wanted to win. He didn't want to finish any place but first. And there came to a point, this was an obstacle race, where you had to like do a bunch of obstacles and crazy stuff. And he got to a point where he, we got to one of the obstacles and there was a line that was slowing his time down. Do you know what he did? He pushed them off. He literally was like, I'm trying to win. And he pushed people off the obstacle. Yes, he got disqualified. Um, but he had that desire to actually win. So I'm asking you, do you have a desire to actually live your life in such a way that it accomplishes glory for God, that it gets you to a goal? Now listen, I don't know what the end of your race looks like, but I know that the, the best race you can run is to actually have a relationship with Jesus, obey him, and follow him through your life. That will take you all in different directions, but that's the race you need to run. But it says, therefore, I do not run like someone run aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Paul is saying here, my life is a race and I don't want to get the consolation prize. I actually want to follow God at a pace where I'm actually trying to stay up and stay with what God has planned for my life. God wants us to be cheetahs, not ostriches. Even though ostriches run at 44 miles an hour, God wants that 75 miles out of you. God wants that out of you. Um, how many of you ever grew up or ever saw the character Sonic the Hedgehog? Okay, you put your hands down. So about a month ago, about a month ago, our family got a hedgehog. Um, and I, I literally almost brought him with me to have, like, playing up on the stage while we're talking. But um, we got a hedgehog, and I was severely disappointed because they're not that fast. Now, I will say this. They're about the size, you know, they're about yay big. And they actually, between, usually between 12 and 3 in the morning, like in the middle of the night, will actually walk or run four miles. Now, if, they, if you give them an enclosure big enough, they will run. So from like 12 to 3 in the morning, you hear, because my little hedgehog is running laps in its enclosure. Now, here's the thing. You can probably walk faster than a hedgehog can run. Like, it's not that fast, but it's running with that. He's running at that pace. Listen, guys. <laughs> Some of us are hedgehogs. We think we're running at the right speed. Because I promise you, my hedgehog thinks it's fast. God doesn't want us as hedgehogs. God wants us as, as cheetahs. All right, let's go ahead to the next verse. Hebrews 12.1 says, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, meaning the people who have gone before us in the faith, the people in the body of Christ, the people who are doing the same race we are, let us throw off everything that hinders us, and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Now, let me just throw this out to you. When it says, let us throw off everything that hinders us, in a race, or just running in general, what are some things that hinder you? Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Lines in front of the obstacles, yes, will hinder you. 
How tall you are? Yes, that can be a hindrance. Okay. Exhaustion. Endurance. Laziness. Henry, okay. Lack of encouragement. Ooh, yeah. Baggy clothing. Yes. Um, have you ever seen somebody trying to run and they had to hold up their pants? Which that's usually me. Um, it's usually me. But flip flops. Now, here's the deal. If you if you have things that hold you back in your race. If you have things that hold you back from running at the speed in the direction that God wants you to run, you've got two options. You either go ahead and settle with the fact that you're going to be slow and you're not going to get to where you want to go at the speed you want to go, or you get rid of what's holding you back. You either decide, I'm just going to suck this up and just admit and realize that I am going to be this slow, and you know I'm going to carry my backpack my untied shoes with my baggy pants, and I'm going to run like this. Or you're going to cast off the stuff that's holding you back, and you're going to run at the speed that you know that God's calling you to. Linden ephod. All right. Um, but it says, let us cast off everything that hinders us and so easily entangles. Let me tell you this, guys. There are going to be some things that seriously hinder you and entangle you in this, from this point, if they haven't already, from this point on in your walk with God, there are going to be things that get in your way. Some of them might be relationships. Some of them might be selfishness. Some of them might be distractions. Some of them might be pressure from the outside world, the standards that other people set on you. But listen, if you are running for God and you are following God, you have to cast off everything that is holding you back from doing that. If you are actually running for God, you have to cast off everything that is holding you back from doing that. Um, when my oldest daughter was very little, um, we were at, I want to say it was a park, like a state park or something we were going to there, and we got out of the car and we're carrying our stuff to like set up for camp uh, we were doing like a picnic and stuff with our family and I see my daughter running straight towards a lake now I had like a picnic basket like a tent under one arm a backpack and flip flops I had the option I drop everything and run after my daughter or I see how it plays out and there came a point when I literally had to literally drop all the food that my wife had prepared, which is awesome, um, dropped everything, dropped the tent, and literally at my, did everything I could, kicked off my sandals, and ran. And here's the thing, like two feet before the lake, she turned directions anyway. She just went the other direction. She didn't even come anywhere near the lake. And I was just like, dang it. Um, I, I may have approached ostrich. 
or at least hedgehog. I was at least hedgehog speed. Um, but listen, some of you are holding on to things that are holding you back. How many of you have relationships in your life, whether they're friendships, dating, whatever else? How many of you have relationships that literally pull you away from your relationship with God? I'm a grown-up, and I'm still up here raising my hand. We have these relationships that will pull us away from our relationship with God, and sometimes, guys, they're just not worth it. That doesn't mean you have to, like, you know, do something dramatic and, like, cut them out of your life completely, but there's this concept of being yoked spiritually. And being yoked, if you don't know what a yoke is, a yoke literally is the thing that they would put around oxes or horses or cows necks that you would put two animals together. And then it will pull at the same speed. If you are yoked, if you are bound by somebody else that's not going at the same speed you are going, you're not going to go the speed you want. How many of you saw the new Star Wars movie? All right. One of the things that Ray kept saying was, stop holding my hand. You heard that like repeated a couple times because every time danger happened, Finn would reach out and grab her hand. And she's like, stop holding my hand. Uh, guess what? Shh. It's like literally been six months since it's out. It's your fault. Um, um, but sometimes you need to look at some people in your life and say, stop holding me back. Sometimes you need to look at some people in your life and say, stop holding me back. Or you need to actually be the one to stop holding on to them. Because sometimes other people aren't pulling you back. Sometimes you're trying to drag dead weight. If there are things, if there are people, if there are relationships in your life, you need to cast them off. Because if you don't, it's going to hold you back from the race that God has called you to run. Imagine what would happen if you attached a cheetah to an ostrich. Now, that ostrich would try and keep up for a little bit. But it might not. But here's the thing, too. An ostrich is just a lot meatier than a cheetah. An ostrich might actually be able to stop a cheetah if it starts running the other direction. But either way, it's not going to go the speed it wants to go, is it? That cheetah is not going to go to the speed and direction it wants. It's bound to that ostrich. Y'all might need to cut some ties with some ostriches when you get home. You, mean, you get on Facebook, hey, ostrich, I'm sorry. Um, but listen, that needs to happen. This says, let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Let me just tell you this. Sometimes we're just trying to run our own race, and we're ignoring the race marked out for us. Because let me tell you this, if you are a believer, Jesus has a race marked out for you. He has a race marked out for you. He has a path for you, a direction for you. And sometimes we don't actually want to find out what the path he's leading us on. We're just going to go run wherever we feel like it. Uh, in the city I live in, there's an event called Rumba on the Lumba. And it's this 5K, but it also has a family fun run where you can just literally go run one mile, get a medal. Um, but literally, I've watched people that instead of actually running the one mile, 
will literally start the race, turn a corner, run back around to the other side of the and come out on the finish line. <laughs> Just so they can get the medal. They're like, listen, I know that's the race marked out, but I don't want to run all that, so I'm going to run this back part. Give me my medal. It doesn't work that way when it comes to the kingdom of God. You can't run whatever race you want to make up and expect it to actually be what God's calling you. Like, Jesus, I know you want me to obey you and, you know, read the Bible and love you. But I just want to go to church every other Wednesday um, when they have movie nights. And, you know, you welcome into me heaven with loving arms. You have a race marked out for you. You need to run the race that Jesus marked out. It says, for the joy of set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of God on the throne, or right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so you will not grow weary and lose hearts. We're told, listen, look at what Jesus did. Look at the race Jesus ran the next time you feel like you're tired. Look at the race Jesus ran the next time you feel like you're tired. Um, if you saw this you know, this year, um, one of the people that was wounded in the Boston bombing, uh, the, the, the marathon, the bombing, one of the ladies that lost her legs ran it this year. She got the, um, the blade prosthetics, and she ran it. Now, a lot of people will be like, I'm tired. I don't want to have to run a race. This lady literally got her legs blown off, had prosthetic legs put on, and then went back and ran it. Wham. Run. If you feel like the Christian life is too hard, I don't want to give up my boyfriend. He's so cute. I don't care that he's not a Christian. Or, you know, I want to look at this Internet site because I like it. It's not hurting anybody. Listen. Jesus suffered through everything we suffer through in our hearts. And he, he ran this race before us. When we get tired, when we think it's too hard to run the race God set before us, we need to look at Jesus and realize he's done it. And he calls us to do it. Jesus is already standing on the other side of the finish line saying, come on. You just saw me run it. Come on. We need to be there. We need to do that. We need to actually run the race the way that Jesus called us to. But let me just tell you this. When we run these races, it's not going to be easy. There are, it's going to be a lot harder to run the race that God called us to than our race. This verse, Jesus is talking about salvation. He's here, he says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Jesus is saying, look, the path I'm calling you to is going to be smaller. It's going to be harder. It's going to be more difficult. Everybody can run the easy path. I'm calling you to the difficult path. So you need to realize that in your faith, when you're actually following God, you are going to be running on the difficult path. This, the races that I was mentioning earlier is in a race called Rugged Maniac. And they, I did the first three of them for three years in a row. I did it. And this was a race. It was three, three point whatever, one miles. And it had literally 12-foot towers that you had to climb. It had where you had to jump over pits of fire. You had to crawl through a foot of mud with barbed wire over your head so that if you stuck your head out of the mud, 
to breathe, you got cut by barbed wire. It had tubes that you literally had to slide down and pull yourself up the tube by your, just your hands. That's a lot harder than that one-mile fun run that people cheated on. Now, literally, I went through that for three years, and it was literally one of the hardest experiences of my life, but I loved it every time I did it because it was a challenge. You are on a path that will be challenging, and the path that Jesus has called you to will not be easy. Jesus tells us up front, hey, guys, the path is small, and it's hard, and not everybody's going to get it. It's not like, surprise, this is really hard, I lied to you. Um, no, this is Jesus saying, it's a hard path, but he calls us to run it. Let me just, let's go on one more. It says in Ephesians chapter 4, therefore I, the prisoner, or this is Paul, up for the Lord, urge you, walk worthy of the calling you have received. Check this out, with all humility, gentleness, patience, accepting one another in love, diligently keeping the unity of the spirit with the peace that binds us. We also need to run our race so well that we help other people finish it. We need to walk worthy. We need to actually run our race in Jesus Christ so well that, look, we do it with humility. We do it with gentleness and patience, accepting one another in love, diligently keeping the unity of the spirit that, with the unity of the spirit with the peace that binds us. When you run your race, does it make other people stronger? Does it make other people stronger to run with you? Or is it discouraging to them? Every day, uh, I, I literally live across the street from my elementary school that my daughters go to. Uh, my daughters both go to the same elementary school, and literally from where I'm standing, Uncle Paul is the front door of their school. So you walk out my front door, their elementary school's right there. And the teachers wait and hold my daughters to release them so they can come run to me. And every day, Rosa and Bella will try and run to me to see who gets there first. I love it. It makes me happy. It's one of my best parts of my day, seeing them run at me. But somewhere after the first semester, it got vicious. <laughs> um, Rosa's faster than Bella by a lot, and so Bella would start tripping Rosa. <laughs> Bella started grabbing Rosa's backpack and flinging her because Bella's got a better center of gravity. Um, so literally, it went from they were running to meet me together to the fact that Bella was trying to take Rosa out so she could get me first. <laughs> we're called to run our race in our faith in a way that we actually keep unity and build others up to get to Jesus better. We need to be encouraging people as we run. We need to run away in our, our race in such a way that it sets an example for those who are running behind us. Last verse I want to share with you is this. Colossians 1, verse 10. Uh, 10. More, actually, 9, 10, and 11. But let me just say this. The world is going to tell you how to run your race. The world is going to tell you how to run. Jesus has told you to run. He's told you where to run. He's marked out a path for you. But the world is going to tell you how to run. And if you let the world tell you how to run, you are going to run in the wrong direction. You are going to run after things that will never make you happy. 
you're going to run after things that will leave you feeling empty. But if we run to pursue Jesus and the race that he set before us, we will find that life everlasting. Paul says, for this reason, since the day we heard this, we haven't, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you be filled with the knowledge of his will. Notice, he wants us to know his will, because if we know his will, we know where to run. You can't follow God if you don't know his will. You can't know his will if you don't know his word. So if you want to actually know which way to go, get in his word so you can know his will. It says that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So check this out. So you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance with patience and joy. That is what he wants your race to look like. He wants our race to look like we have full knowledge of God's will. He wants us to know where we're running. He wants us to know what we need to do to run. He wants us that the way we walk will be pleasing to him. He wants our walk to be pleasing to him and how we do it. That we bear fruit in every good work. Do you think God actually wants to see you succeed? Do you think that he actually wants to see you accomplish things? Not the path the world may put you on, but he wants to see you bear fruit on the path he puts you on. God is not up there saying, I hope he trips. God's not up there saying, it'd be really funny if they fall. God is saying, please stay on the path. I've, made the, I've marked this out for you. I want you to bear fruit. And it goes on to say, bearing fruit in every good work, Growing in the knowledge of God. If you're not growing in the knowledge of God, you're not going to be able to continue the race that you're running. You need to be in a better spiritual place than you were a year ago. Some of y'all I saw last summer. Some of y'all saw me last summer. If I am still in the same place spiritually as I was when I stood here a year ago, I failed you. I failed me and I failed God. If you're still in the same place, you're not running your race. You're still sitting on the sidelines. We need to grow in the knowledge of God. But notice, this is Paul's prayer that he said he's been praying for us, for the Colossian church, praying for believers since the day he heard of them, that they may be strengthened in all power according to his glorious might for all endurance with patience and joy. God calls us to run a race, but please understand, he's given us everything we need to run a race. He's marked it out for us. He's put people on the path to run with us. And he will encourage us and strengthen us if we will simply stop standing around, stop trying to lean back and go slowly. If we'll actually just go for it and start running after him, he will be right there with us. So here's just three questions to leave you with. What's holding you back? What's holding you back from running? Do you actually know the direction you're running in? And what will it take for you to grow? What will it, for it take for you to go faster, to go further, to grow deeper in your walk with God? What's holding you back? These are all big, important questions, guys. But I promise you, 
when you let go of the things that are holding you back and when you seek after God, you will find more joy, more peace, more satisfaction, and more actually enjoying the life that God has called you to. Stop holding back. Cast off the stuff that's weighing you down and take off. Let's pray. Father, just thank you so much for allowing us to hear your word. And more than any stupid analogy or story I have told, God, let your word sink into these students' hearts. Let it just reside in them that they would hear the truth of your word. That, God, you have placed us on this path, that it's not an easy path. But you want us to not only run this race, you want us to run it well. You want us to run it to bring you glory, to bring ourselves to you. So, God, I ask that you would point out in their hearts, that you would speak to them, show them what is holding them back so they can cast it off. God, that you would place people in their lives to run beside them, to strengthen them, and she would clearly mark out the goal of where they need to go. Father, be with them. Father, let them know that you are cheering them on and that you love them and you are waiting for them to finish this race when they stand before you in glory. In Christ's name, amen.